Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 50. 
500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sipanera. And I'm Taylor. And we are so excited to be back with you today. Um, But before we start today, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone and who reached out to me about the last episode about my breakup and the anxiety of heartbreak. I received so many kind and thoughtful messages from people just saying that they've been through it. They totally know how I feel and um, telling me that they can relate and that they just really admire my bravery of talking about it. And um, just all around, it was so nice to hear from everybody. And to be honest, going through the breakup I went through and the emotions I'm still feeling, I don't know if I would have been able to get through it without everybody, without you guys, and without being able to share my story. It was very cathartic for me. And it was interesting because I don't know, I don't think I shared this because I think it was after the podcast came out, but I texted Taylor when this happened because I I had said on my on the episode last week that the only thing that we sort of were connected by was Instagram and that I had I had actually unfollowed him a couple of days after we broke up, but he was still following me and looking at my stories and stuff and I felt still like connected with him to a certain extent. And then like a couple of days after I we uploaded that podcast, I had noticed that he unfollowed me and it like ripped my heart apart. And I just remember thinking I was like at the doctor's office with my dad and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like we have nothing connecting us anymore to each other. And um, it was just really, it was really sad for me. And so our connection is really gone. And I think that's probably for the best. We don't really have any contact anymore or anything. And for whatever reason he did it, it was probably some of the same reasons I did it. Um, but I am doing better and I just feel like it does take time and um, it definitely takes support. I don't know where I'd be without my support system, including you guys. So I just wanted to say thank you. And now we can kind of move on a little bit. I also have just started doing so many different things to help myself. Um, I hired a life coach and I'm still seeing my therapist. I am um, doing a lot of different types of movement exercises, yoga. I'm really trying to walk every day with my dog and doing a bunch of stuff. So just doing different things. Follow me on the Anxiety Healer and you'll see all the stuff that I'm doing. I'm taking you along on my journey. Um, So thank you for that. And then I also wanted to just say thank you to everyone who has been supporting us on the Anxiety Chicks. We are so excited that we actually just reached 100,000 plays on our podcast. So that is so exciting. And um, it's we're just loving the feedback we're getting from you guys. So if you love our podcast and you want us to continue, we're going to really want to do this. Um, We would love for you to subscribe and rate and review our podcast, The Anxiety Chicks. Um, 
it really helps us just get the word out there uh, for our podcast and to raise mental health awareness and anxiety awareness. And it helps to reach more people. So if you could just drop us a rating and review, we would really appreciate it and love it. So um, without further ado, we are going to get into a hot topic that we've talked about the past couple episodes that we're going, we were going to come out with. And we're going to be talking about highly sensitive people and empaths. And Taylor and I actually were doing some research before we came on today and figuring out that there is actually a big, uh, I mean, not a big, but there's a difference between empaths and HSPs. So, which is so interesting because I know myself that I've been saying, oh, I'm such an HSP. I'm such a highly sensitive person. I know I'm sensitive to emotions and feelings and stuff, but there's actually a difference between HSP and empaths. And I've actually figured out I think I'm more of an empath and Taylor's more of an HSP, which is interesting. So um, we're going to kind of get into it and just talk a little bit more about each of them and what it really means, because you might be thinking to yourself like, well, no, I'm totally HSP. Or if you if you follow like my Instagram, I talk about HSPs a lot and um, being highly sensitive and kind of what that looks like. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's crazy that we're learning like different different information about it. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. So what do you want to? What do you? Which one do you want to get into first, Taylor? What do you think? Should we talk about? Yeah. So as as you were talking, I was reading more on it, and it's just insane. Like I I I was reading about how empaths can. So one of the biggest differences between HSP and empaths is you actually can absorb the emotions and energy of people around you. Like you take on other people's, you do that. Yeah. Well, no, that's what, yeah, that's crazy is what, what I read about that because. So I don't like, like explain that to me. Like, what does that mean? Okay. So, so this is, I'm just going to read something that I, I just found too, because I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is definitely more me than a highly sensitive person. So it says empaths take the experience of the highly sensitive person, like much further. So HS, so HSPs can be, I'll just say some signs, right? You absolutely hate violence and cruelty of any kind. Like you can't even watch like violent stuff on TV or like violent movies. Like it just really scares you. Um, you wait, wait, wait. HSP? Yes. I, I, I don't know about that. Okay. Let me, go, sure? let me go through the, what I'm, what I'm reading right now of what it says. And then you can see like which ones you, you are. So for HSPs, right. Signs that you're a highly sensitive person. And this is actually from, um, uh, highly sensitive refuge.com that I found. It's like, a, it's a blog. And so basically she says, that's one of them. Another sign is you're frequently emotionally exhausted from absorbing other people's feelings, right? So that's true of an HSP and an empath together, but empaths take it a lot further. And I'll explain why after this. Um, okay. But it actually says that HSP people actually don't absorb the energy of others. I'm, I'm I'm curious on that now. So this is on reading? Psychology Today. Okay, well that's probably more reputable. Right, right. <laughs> this girl's blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they said that. That's the thing. So it says empaths have intuitive experiences with animals, natures, and other people. They can energetically internalize the feelings and pain of others, whereas HSP normally don't. It says highly sensitive people don't typically do that. Weak, 
Empaths can sense okay. subtle inner sub subtle subtle. subtle. I always say <laughs> that's okay. I always say weird wrong weird words weird. Sorry guys, it's late. Um and people absorb it from other people in different environments into your own body. That's what I was confused on. Like what is it? What does that mean for you? Like do you feel that? Like you can feel other people like what? Um Yes. So like what I had said to you before this, like what I what I read too is very much like what I feel like I am. So like yeah, sensing energy and absorbing that energy from other people into like my own like our own bodies. I I definitely get that. Like I feel energy from people. Um like like I, if you like explain a scenario maybe. I'm confused. So like so like Okay, so it basically also talks about how I'm just going to cuz it explains it perfectly right here cuz I can't really find the words, but it basically says the capacity that allows us to experience the energy around us including emotions and physical sensations in extremely deep ways. So Essentially, we energetically internalize the feelings and pain of others and often have trouble distinguishing someone else's discomfort from our own. Wow. And, and empaths tend to have profound spiritual and intuitive experiences with animals and nature or their inner guides, which aren't usually associated with HSPs. Yes. So that's probably like the perfect way I can say it. Like, I have trouble distinguishing my own discomfort or my own like hard – like. I call it negative feelings because they don't make you feel good, like mad and sad and scared. I It's very hard for me to distinguish my own like feelings of sadness or fear from someone else's when they're feeling like that. Whoa. So yeah. like if you're around someone who's like really angry, you almost feel their anger or like you are angry? I mean, this was essentially the whole problem with my last relationship because – I literally every every feeling he felt, even if he didn't say, "Oh, I'm mad right now," but I could tell his body language and everything. I would ultimately be like, it would make me anxious. I wouldn't necessarily be like, well. Yeah, I would get like annoyed. I would get mad. I'd be like, huh. "What's wrong?" Yeah, because it's like an empath takes it to the next level. Like human beings who aren't narcissists obviously feel other people's like emotions. Like we're not going to be laughing at someone when they're crying, but you take it to the level of like it's in you and almost like you're living through his feelings. Yeah. Yes. See, well, that's something because I've always been like, oh, I'm an empath, but like, no, I'm well, super highly sensitive. There, I mean, so this article says that being highly sensitive and an empath are not mutually exclusive. So someone can be both, and many highly sensitive people are also empaths, but huh. not necessarily. So, yeah, so like you said, there's kind of like – there could be like a spectrum, right? Right. Yeah, because I'm – the where I read most, where I was like, oh my gosh, is when we were talking before this podcast, the heightened, sense, heightened response to stimuli – which is like so me, guys. I don't know about you, but when I go to like Target or just a grocery store anywhere with fluorescent lights, it's toast for me. Like I, my vision's weird. Everything's weird. I can hear every noise. I can hear the music. I can hear every footstep. It's the most overstimulating situation. Like, I, and I just want to escape. And like the second I get out of there, I feel so much better. But I can like feel 
just the env- I guess it's environment. I don't know so, what the difference is that is that energy like I don't, that's all Well confusing. so this is this is another part of this article that I think explains HSPs very well. So HSPs they say include um certain traits, right? Okay? And some of them one of them includes a low threshold for stimulation, the need yes. for alone time, sensitivity to light, sound and smell. And an aversion to large groups. Absolutely. It also says that highly sensitive people take longer to wind down after a busy day since their ability to transition from high stimulation to being quiet is slower. Oh my God. I literally just posted on that. I was like, is there anyone else who feels like they need like five days after any time I do anything the next day? I'm like, I was talking to my mom about my wedding. I go, I don't know. I go, what's a rehearsal dinner? Like who has two days? I have to do yep. this for two days. Like, and yeah. I was like, Mom, on, on Sunday I'm gonna need to be I put in the hospital with an IV. Like that's how oh, I am. Like I just feel I like that's a lot. I am so it's just I don't know, and it's gotten worse the older I've gotten. Yeah, like I just it, it one social event, and I'm I'm exhausted. I oh, sleep totally. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I just going to dinner. Our body and our brain chemistry changes as we get older, you know? I mean, girl, wait till you're 40. Okay, then talk to me. (laughs) I hope we'll still be be friends. Maybe we'll have a show by then. (laughs) I think when I'm 40, I don't know if I'll be able to do a social event longer than 30 minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, girl. Let me tell you. You'll you'll be going out a lot earlier before (laughs) at that point, too. Because I'm already there. I know. I mean, hey, listen, who knows right now? But this is interesting too. It says highly sensitive people are typically introverts while empaths can be introverts or extroverts, although mostly are introverts. And then it says empaths share a highly sensitive person's love of nature and quiet environments, their desire to help others, and their rich and inner life. Are you an introvert or extrovert? What are you? I'm like an ambivert. Have you ever heard of that? Like you're both? I, basically, I took a quiz one time on online and I they said I was an ambivert, which basically means that I am what I'm I'm like being around people, like like those type of environments give me energy to be around people. And definitely I, I definitely need that in my life, but not all the time. I can't have it all the time. When I have certain like events where I'm around a lot of people for like a day or two, I actually need time to kind of regroup. Like I need time alone time to like come out of that and be in be with myself and all of that stuff. So I don't know. What are, what are you, do do you think? I think I'm truly an introvert and I fake an extrovert. Hmm. Ooh, tell me more. What do you mean? Like, I I think I, I think it plays into my perfectionist. So like being a perfectionist, everything needs to be perfect. So you need to be perfect in every area of life. And so I think truly my wants and desires internally are, I want to be alone. I want to, I enjoy myself. Like if I'm going to go to the mall and I know I have to go to a store, I, I literally don't want to wait for someone. I want to go by myself. I feel like I'm stressing others out. If I'm going to the grocery store, I do so much better by myself because I'm like, oh, am I taking too long in this aisle? Like, I don't want them waiting on me. And I just, everything gets sped up way faster when I go by myself. I think, yeah, I I, I will say that it's, I 
again, this is just not scientific, but I can imagine that society makes it very hard for introverts to feel like they're okay, right? right. That there's like not anything wrong with them. Yeah, like words like recluse. Yeah, because there's such a stigma just about like, oh, you know, isolation. Don't don't yes. isolate yourself, yes. you know. Oh my gosh, um, my mom used to throw statistics at us. She's like, you know, people who are self-isolated die earlier. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> listen, I oh, definitely on, believe there, <laughs> I definitely believe like we're here on Earth, and the whole point of it is to with human connection. Like I yeah. really do because there's so many studies that have shown you know what happens to your brain when you don't see have human contact and like isolation and stuff yeah so i think it is important i think human connection is very important but yeah I, but I, like like i think not leaving your house or talking to anyone ever that yes that's a problem right right but, but it's I, like i have connection you know it's like yeah. i just don't need a lot of it yes exactly yeah exactly yeah. i think yeah i i I think that's okay. And, you know, I think that my ex actually was more of an introvert. And that was kind of one of the things that was unfortunately something that kind of ended things too, because it's hard. It's hard to be, you know, if you have, you know, I, I'm not so much an extrovert, but like, I need someone that's going to like to be a little bit social. Like I'm a social person. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting because as I was reading this, I mean, I, before we even saw, started researching stuff about this, I had been looking on Instagram about highly sensitive people. I've posted stuff about it. I have like a, I have a highlight about HSP and so much of it was me just think, assuming like, oh yes, I'm such a, I'm, I know I'm an HSP. I'm such a sensitive person. I, I've been told that since I was literally a little girl. And thinking that that was such a weakness of mine. Oh my gosh, you're so sensitive. Oh, oh, she's crying again. Oh my gosh, okay. She's just such a sensitive little girl. Oh, you'll be fine. You're fine. Oh, she does that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, were you were you very emotional as a kid? Because I was. Like, like I had oh, yeah. very – my mom would always be like, you're moody. And like, I just – I had a lot of emotions. Like I felt a lot of things. I got hurt and I just read this on Highly Sensitive People – uh, getting hurt feels hurt and in pain easily. And I would get hurt so easily. And like, mm. I, I even constructive criticism, I take it, I take it to the core and I think about it for like five days. Oh I'm gosh. like, Oh my gosh, they hate me. I'm a loser. I failed. I'm so, I just should never try that again. I used to be like, like it's that so, so bad. Like it's going, so bad. I remember not wanting to go to like the writing center in high school and college, but about my yeah. papers. Because yes. I didn't want to see, I didn't want to yes. see what anyone wrote on my papers of what kind of grammar and stuff oh I did wrong. Gosh. Yes, I was literally the same it's with with English too. It was always yeah. English. I just I hated people reading uh, made up a story that I had to write because I felt like it was, you know, with math and science, it's a uh, the answer is everyone has the same answer. Yeah. But with English, you're writing things from you know, your own mind. And it's like, okay, well, what if my mind isn't good enough for them? Whatever. But yeah, oh, totally. I did not like the red marking. I mean, don't even talk to me about my job evaluations when I had, I never got like oh, a bad yeah. one. But, Put me in a grave. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, let's be honest. Every single job doesn't give anyone yeah. like a perfect score because they right. want something. They want them to, you know, make a goal for the next year or something. 
But <clears throat> I remember it was just daunting for me to go into those meetings knowing it was my evaluation day. And I'm just like, oh, you know, after I would come out and they would say like, everything was pretty great, but you know, maybe I needed to work on, uh, I don't know, asking questions about something before I do it or, you know what I mean? I don't know. I would just focus on that so bad. I was yes, yes. Just all you could think about. I failed. I failed in that area. Right. I'm the same. Yeah. And it's funny because like looking back, like even it's so crazy. I just wish that like I was educated on this stuff younger. Like I wish when I was in middle school that like there was someone who explained what I was feeling rather than feeling so alone in what I was feeling. And like I was telling you before we got on this podcast is uh I remember used to I used to go to the mall with my mom and in Forever 21 I literally had to leave the store and I would always be like I'm so overwhelmed and I would almost get like irritable and like mad and my mom would be like oh my gosh like again like and, and it's not her fault I get it but like I I would make like a big deal out of it to where I had to leave I mean let's be honest it was that music clothes lights even, everything even someone that's not highly sensitive <laughs> forever 21 is like yeah the depths of hell i mean it is seriously you have to go in there at like a 11 a.m on a tuesday or something where it's not a lot and there's just stuff everywhere i just i remember even feeling a little overwhelmed and i i don't really care about that stuff usually but um i can't imagine for someone who is highly sensitive though going into a place yes. that just seems it's also so in disarray in there so much. Like everything's just like yes. thrown all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and the bright lights. Like I just wish back yeah. then I knew that like that wasn't weird that I felt that way. Like I remember being like, I don't get yeah. why I feel this way. Like I don't get why other people are like, oh my gosh, I get to go shopping. And I was like, I can't even look at a shirt because I'm hearing the screamo music over the intercom and these bright fluorescent lights are making my, my vision blurry. I didn't really know I had anxiety back then, though. Like, I didn't – which I feel like HSP and, and anxiety go kind of hand-in-hand hand with things. Like, I just feel like a lot of these things are the same. Like, this this uh, little graphic this I found down. here. Yeah. Yeah, this graphic I found here says, easily overwhelmed, uh, heightened response to stimuli, difficulty letting go, enthusiastic and creative, feels uncomfortable in loud places, yes, experiences emotions with great intensity – engages in the problems of others, feels hurt and in pain easily, intuitive, which I was telling you, remember before the podcast, I was like, do you ever just feel like you see things other people don't? Like not not like, well, let me let me back up on that. I don't I'm not like a medium over here. I, I'm not psych, uh, psychic or anything, but like I just sometimes feel like I read people so easily and I see how someone's going to act before they show their true colors. Do you feel that way? I yeah, I feel like I am very intuitive about people. Yes, I can I can kind of read people for sure. Whereas my fiance is like everybody's a good person, no one does any harm, and I'll meet someone and I'm like they're sneaky. Like something's up with them. Like something's weird. And then they always end up being a sneaky something. Wow, see? It's weird. And I so, and I remember I always look at my fiance and I'm like, "Dude, remember when I said that?" I was like, "That's so weird." See, that's also like an intuition too. Yeah. I bet you HSPs are very intuitive. And that, no, that's what I just said. They're very intuitive. I said it. Oh, you did? Yeah, intuitive. Yeah, I go Sorry. intuitive. I was reading uh, something. Oh, 
feels upset when watching negative news or stories. Like, oh my gosh. Anytime I read about like someone dying from something, I just like can't get out of it. Well, that's what I was saying from the beginning about that girl. She said the thing about violence. Well, maybe it wasn't violence, but like negative things. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't like watching negative negative I, I actually like scary movies how weird because i feel well it depends on the scary movie which i don't know if i like it or i don't know it distracts me i'm not sure <laughs> well so the thing i was reading which i apologize was i was looking at because you were the psychology today article and the empath empathic spectrum um, it's so interesting and it doesn't surprise me as a psychologist, like I get it, how empaths are completely on one end and then narcissists are on the other end. Right. Because the the biggest trait of a narcissist, of what it makes a narcissist a narcissist is they don't have any empathy. Right. I think sometimes I'm such a highly sensitive person to where I'll even like if I do something that's like a trait of a narcissist, I will go take a quiz online like, are you a narcissist? I've taken every single quiz. Um, just so you know, I'm you're not, a, not narciss- a narcissist, Taylor. <laughs> oh, you're like I'm, kind of you're so kind. I'm, and see, and I, but sometimes I'm like, you're so not kind. You're not kind enough. Empathy. You don't do enough. Okay, well, that's just your own inner critic talking. That's not right. a narcissist. A narcissist would be, I'm amazing and I can do anything. I can <laughs> I don't, no matter whoa. what. It, a narcissist is basically someone who says, I can do whatever I want without listening to any moral code or any laws and get away with it because I don't care about other people or hurting other people. That's literally yeah. not you. It's the opposite of you. I wonder what it's like to feel that way. <laughs> I don't. I never <laughs> would want to know. Thank you. Because guess what? <laughs> Many narcissists are also like sociopaths. And oh, I is mean, sociopaths on the spectrum? No, actually, I take that back. You guys don't quote me on that, please. Don't at me if it's like no, they're not sociopaths. Narcissists aren't. Okay, I'm not talking clinical right now, but I will say that narcissists lack empathy, and so do sociopaths. So they share that right. characteristic. Um, Which actually, since we're speaking about this, something I have read before is that empaths and highly sensitive people, they attract narcissists and sociopaths. So if you're listening to this and like, say you've been in a, no, you didn't know that? No, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to generalize, but right. I would be interested in reading more about it. Yeah, no, it like it said that – um so, like, narcissistic personality traits and, like, uh, sociopathic personality traits. You can have, like, the traits but not the diagnosis, right? Like, you can be on the spectrum. I'm sure you can, like any other disorder. Yeah. Right. And it, I'm so sure. it said that, like, those people prey on people like empaths who are, like, who will give them that, you're so amazing, like, I I'm like love listening to you. Like I love like people who will like feed into their, um, you know, making it all about them because most empaths and highly sensitive people don't make things about them. Hmm. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to read more about that for sure. Oh yeah. Read on it. It's crazy. It actually says a lot of uh, empaths and people who are just like, you know, I wouldn't say hi- – I don't know if it said highly sensitive person, but it said just like very kind and like, you know, that side of the spectrum ends up with that side of the spectrum sometimes in relationships. Well, that would stink for that empathetic person, that empath and HSP because they're usually good people. 
Like I said, it's and I really- feel like empaths are very forgiving. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Sorry. So I'm just reading. It says people with strong empathy who are not HSPs or empaths are in the middle of like the spectrum and narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths who have empath deficient disorders are far at the opposite end. Yes. So narcissists and sociopaths and psychopaths. They are I would assume. Opposite yeah. Because <laughs> they all lack empathy. Right. By the way, guys, narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths are the most dangerous um, humans. They are so scary because uh, if you think about the worst of the worst type of people that maybe you've read about or learned about in history, serial killers, like murderers, um, dictators, like Hitler, they are – there's there's it's really 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 hard to rehabilitate anyone that is a sociopath psychopath or narcissist um and narcissist is a personality disorder and personality disorders are almost impossible to rehabilitate um but mostly because you can't really teach empathy it's really 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 hard i would say almost impossible to teach empathy so literally they they can fake it Oh, of course. That's what makes them sociopaths. So I actually know. I know a narcissist. Like I'm not going to say who because we're on a podcast, but um, very close to the family. So wow, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how charismatic they can be. Yep, and how. But at the end of the day, you realize how everything's about them. Everything. Well, a narcissist, I will say, again, this is not like based on research. It's just based on my experience as what I've worked in in my practice and other um, in other environments in psychology. But I narcissists aren't necessarily always like dangerous as far as – Oh, no. As far as like violence goes. Like sociopaths right, and right. psychopaths are more of yeah. like the serial killers and stuff. Like narcissists are – a lot of times they are leaders that aren't necessarily oh, killing yes. sell, themselves, uh, killing other people or like doing violent things, but they are very manipulative. He's and very successful. Dictators can be very narcissistic. Believe it or not, a lot of the CEOs of yes. huge Fortune 500 companies can be narcissists. He was, he was actually exec on a Fortune 500 company at one point. Because so. they will stop at nothing to get – power to get what they want um very interesting i I need to read up more on it i don't want to just like put generalizations out there but there's definitely stuff that i've read about in my experience as psychologist yeah i think uh i think i learned i did a lot of research on it after finding out about this that this person has this um and it was very interesting to me just like because it's not what i always thought one was you know when you think of like psychopath and like sociopath and like narcissist you think of like this crazy person who like you would notice them from a like from 10 feet away you'd be like oh that's a crazy person but it's like it's crazy how many normal people actually have these personality disorders that like can be in our everyday lives and um you i mean you and then i watched a lot of youtube videos about girls uh, it's actually really interesting if you're into like relationship stuff like drama oh, i watched yeah. like these like girls who talk about like their experiences like how manipulated they were 
by the guy they were dating. Like this one girl was like, I literally stopped hanging out with my friends and I thought that was okay for him to tell me to do that. I had to quit my job because he said he didn't like me talking with men at work. Yeah. No, go watch these YouTube videos. I mean, it's crazy how manipulated you can get by these people. 100%. There's also, I mean, I, sorry, you guys were going down a rabbit hole of like narcissists. We'll get back to HSP in a second. But I will say that um, if you are a woman listening to, listening to this and you have had a narcissistic mother, that is like a lethal combo. So there are so many. I actually have a lot of clients that have narcissistic moms and um, there's a lot of a lot of great books on how to <clears throat> how to kind of heal from that and learn from that because yeah, you have you think about, you know, we've talked about attachment theory in our couple podcasts ago and you know, you think about if you have a caregiver that's a narcissist, they're Im- literally it's impossible for them to know how to have empathy to right. meet you at your emotional needs, like, right, to give you your emotional needs when you're little. So, like, they're incapable of it. So you have a narcissistic parent. You're going to have a totally insecure but, attachment. But to others, people are like, your mom's the best. Like, you have the best mom. Your mom does so much for yeah. you. Which actually, it, it can actually yeah. lead into a kid having so much anxiety because their oh, needs yeah. were never met or heard or listened to as a kid. And then when you get older, you're like, you know, like you don't know how to express yourself because it was never listened to. But you have, but you, but you in your head are like, I can't act like I had a hard childhood because other kids didn't have a parent. And you're, and everyone says you have the best mom. You have the coolest mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I just want to say a disclaimer about we're not, we're not diagnosing anyone with any of no. these. We're not, you know, I am a psychologist, but also this is just educational in nature. So please, if you're interested in learning more about this, ask your doctor or do your own research. We're really just pulling from our own experiences. So please, um, you know, don't take what we say at face value. But can we get back to the HSP for a second? Let's do that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We digress, but it is on the spectrum. So I think it was good to talk about. But I yeah. could talk about narcissism all day and and like sociopaths because anyway, we won't do that now. But I we could talk about that because I actually worked I worked in a school with children. That actually, I I believe, would grow up to probably have a diagnosis of sociopathic or psychopath. Because, I mean, there's a lot of trauma with the kids that I worked with. I mean, there's lots of stories, but children that had no empathy, none. I mean, I there was one kid I was, I was really scared of. He was eight. Ooh. I don't like hearing that. Anyway, okay, back on topic. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, what else does it say that that you see? Just things that I was mostly like surprised by was startles easily. Like I feel like I'm always startled easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm uncomfortable in large crowds and pl- in large 
uh, loud places, like I immediately feel uncomfortable. Like I'll be fine. And then the second I'm in a crowd, I feel like so overstimulated that I just want to like jump out of my skin, which I always thought was anxiety, but I mean, it makes sense. Well, a lot of, a lot of HSPs have anxiety. Yeah. Which, well, that, yeah, that makes sense. There's, yeah. So, so that's why I talk about it a lot on my page because, um, there's a lot of connection with anxiety disorders and HSPs and empaths too. Um, but you know, I, I think it's, I don't think this is necessarily a podcast about like, which one are you? I think it's just, it's more of like, when you think of, because it is a spectrum, right? So they're not mutually exclusive. It's not like you're only an HSP or you're only an empath. Like you can be both. I personally think I'm I'm probably have some a bit of both. I think I'm more of like an empath, but I definitely am I'm definitely highly sensitive to my surroundings, right? right. And like and and sometimes like if I am in like really loud places, that's that's kind of hard for me and some but not necessarily where I got like when you're in that that feeling of being in Forever Twenty One, like right. that. As you know what I mean, like that. And and I wonder if that's connected at all to like sensory processing stuff. You know? Oh, I've been. That's actually something I've been recently really reading about because I saw this girl on TikTok. And you know, I know when like you say like uh, we're not diagnosing anyone, but like. And, and we're not, but like when we speak on these things, it brings awareness to it. So like, if you're listening yeah. to this, you're like highly sensitive person. What is that? Like, I didn't know all of this and I wouldn't have known all this had I not like you run into things, you know? And like, so yeah, this TikTok yeah. I found and it was this girl and she was talking about sensory disorders and like, and you're not weird for having any of that. And just like reading on it, I was in so much shock about like, how in my family, like my brother and my mom, certain material makes them weird. Like they can't wear certain mm. clothes. They can't wear certain materials. They like can't have tags in their shirts, which like isn't something I've dealt with, but it just seems like something in our family. Whereas like they don't get bothered by the lights, like fluorescent lights. Like I can't even tell you how dizzy I get. Oh my gosh. Like I hate Target, <laughs> which most oh. people love Target. I and hate those, Target. <laughs> oh, the light in there is so bright and it's so bad. No, and I don't no. know what it is. And like I've always like beat myself up over it. And I'm like, why do I have so much anxiety when I go into these stores? But really looking at it, it's like, okay, it's okay if I have higher sensitivity to this. It doesn't have to be just anxiety. You know what I mean? Like it could just be a trigger for a sensitivity I have, which is okay. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's it, all of this is totally okay. I mean, I yeah. There, there's one thing that I heard on. Um, I again, I've told you guys, I've been listening to a lot of dating podcasts, and I was listening to, I think it was Deeper Dating with Ken Page, who I actually meant to tell you, Taylor. He reached out to maybe talk to us about being on the podcast, and I would really like him to be. So, um. But it's called Deeper Dating, and he was actually talking about – now, if you're thinking about how, you know, maybe when you were little that people were just like, oh, my God, you're so sensitive, right? How we were talking about that earlier, and, you know, you're always constantly hearing, oh, my gosh, like, buck up. You're too sensitive. Like, stop crying. You're fine. Blah, blah, blah. It gives you, like, a message about yourself that that's a bad part of you. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm too sensitive. I've been hearing that my whole life. Oh, I'm too sensitive. Why? Because I – I cry a lot. Crying is, why is crying bad? 
I'm crying. I'm sorry. I'm really feeling something real right now. Maybe you can just sit with me in my space with it and be okay with that. I'm totally okay with being in difficult feelings with people. Why is that such a horrible thing? So the one, Ken Page, the Deeper Dating Podcast, I started, there was one episode that basically was saying, you need to look at the things that you think are quote unquote bad about you that like the messages that you've gotten about yourself that you feel like are weaknesses or bad and look at them as gifts. Like, wow. I agree. Yeah. So I'm, you know, HSP empath, right? I feel like I'm kind of both. And I, I am now by believing that that's a gift for me to have. I think that's wonderful. And if, you know, thinking about dating again, I'm going to find someone that's going to love that about me. Because you feel for people and you, you're willing to help people. You're willing to listen, which a lot of people in today's world aren't. Right. I think it, I don't think you should beat yourself up about it. And I do think it's if you are listening to this and you are also highly sensitive or you're an empath, I mean, you have a gift. I think it – I mean, I, 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 from it, I've learned actually now listening to it. I used to feel these feelings of like certain people I should avoid. I used to feel it, but I wouldn't avoid them. But now I'm like, you know, I can like feel how toxic you are and I'm not letting that into my life. So totally. No, I, I, I love that. And yeah, yes, I agree. You're, you're a gift. All, all of these things are gifts. I mean, how amazing to be able to really put yourself in someone else's shoes and really feel how they're feeling. Right. And, and really understand where they're coming from. I mean, right. I think that's probably the best gift anyone could have as part of their personality is to be able to Absolutely. really, really listen to other people. And Absolutely. see and really see where they're coming from and help them realize that they can they can understand their pain, even though they might not be able to take it away. Right. Most of the time it's just a me too, you know? And a me mm-hmm. too can help and go a long way. Just being open and honest and yeah. Well but yeah, so that's the short of it all. <laughs> um I will, We're learning I will, with you guys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, check out our pages, our Instagram, the anxiety healer and health underscore anxiety, because, um, we talk a lot about how, what to do if you're feeling like, because it's, it can be exhausting for, to be an HSP and an empath, because there are so, so many situations that leave you feeling really overwhelmed because you do take on so much of other people's emotions and other people's pain. And so, you love being the helper, but then also you also feel like a burden sometimes, right? Because you totally. have things and you deserve, you deserve to have someone there for you too, to listen to you. But you're so used to just being sensitive to other people and helping other people and wanting to be a certain way and make sure that you're not being too sensitive because people told you that that's not good to be. So- I would say for me, you know, therapy, obviously I talk about it all the time, but that's been such a huge healing tool for me as far as like being an empath goes, because now I'm just so open with talking about my own emotions, but it was hard at first. Right. Yeah. I think also if you're like feeling any of this and you're, or you're like, oh, that does like relate to me, like, yeah, bring it up with your therapist. Like, 
have that conversation. Say like, I want to explore this and like talk about this. Because I mean, a, a, a therapist can't just look at you and pull out everything you're feeling, you know, you have to sometimes be like, I, I feel all the traits of a highly sensitive person. And I wanted, I want to work through it. 100%. And being able to start like, even setting boundaries, you know, yeah. people freaking hard. People are used to, you know, you being the helper. And so right. saying no is very hard sometimes. Oh my God. Sometimes <laughs> being able to <laughs> say no and set your boundaries all the time, Allie. <laughs> Just saying. Taylor, can you? Yes. I don't know what it is, but yes, I can. <laughs> Taylor. I know. You, you, are, you really work so hard. Doesn't matter. You work so hard. Go watch my recent reel. I was I was honest. Good. I will. I don't know why it doesn't show up. It's really annoying. I literally like everything of yours and share your stuff and then reels? I don't see your stuff. Yeah. Reels are weird. Reels actually take like they can pop up every couple of days. Like if you post a reel, it could pop up in three days. It's I weird. Look at it now. Still figuring everything out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Trying to be the IG queens, but you know, sometimes we don't have all the answers. <laughs> no. As long as as long as whatever I'm posting is helpful, that's all yeah. I care. Hey about. guys, let us know what a topic you'd want us to talk about on. Like anything you've been like, oh, I'm just waiting for them to talk on that. We'd love to know. We're always looking for ideas. Yeah. And, and we're got- looking Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You were talking. Uh we're looking for guests. Yes, we are. We're looking. It's been a I while. actually I actually have some on the pipeline. Okay. Um so I yeah, but yeah, if you guys have some some um anxiety, you know, healing conversations you want to have or you want us to have, um you can email us too at theanxietychicks at gmail.com. Yeah. So you can do that All too. Right. All right, you guys. Well, always good to talk with Taylor and yes. with you guys. And again, like I said, thank you so much for all of your support with everything going on. And hopefully you can tell that I am doing a little bit better now. <laughs> I can. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm feeling like my old self again. Um, but I love you all and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as The Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out The Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.